Go. All right, I want to start off with the Purple Bridge because I saw it and was like, this is fucking rad. Yes. Okay. Um, I guess I'll give some background context to yeah, the you, Purple you, Bridge. You say whatever you want. Go for it. So February 1st to 7th was Eating Disorder Awareness Week here in Ontario, Canada. And one thing I noticed in previous years is certain monuments or recognizable buildings around the country were lit up purple. And I started Googling places near me. And one of them is the Peace Bridge, which is um, at the border of Canada and the States. Turns out that you can just go to their website and there's a little inquiry form to have it change certain colors for whatever event you have. And this was like less than two days before February 1st. So I was like, oh, there's no way they're gonna even see this. I think it was a Friday night at like 10 p.m. Um, so I just kind of did it for the hell of doing it. And then less than 10 minutes later, I get a response that says, hey, Chloe, your request has been accepted. It will be purple on February 1st. And it just kind of blew my mind. because it was like, what the heck? This whole bridge, which is pretty iconic, I guess, if you live in my area, it's massive. It's like this huge symbol of peace and friendship between Canada and the States was going to turn purple. And so um, I, I got my mom to do a little road trip with me and we drove. It was very, very dark when we went. There wasn't a lot of lights. We thought we might accidentally cross the border. We like parked in a really sketchy parking lot. We're like <laughs> traipsing through knee deep snow just to get a good picture of this bridge. And it was so, so cool. It's like, oh my goodness, I did this. Like I turned this bridge purple. So um, you can see it on my face too. I did a little video and that was genuine excitement. <laughs> Come on. That's so cool, man. You know, like, and that's such a, such a beautiful bridge to do it on as well. Like the, the, the symbol of peace. Right. I think yeah. that's what everyone's searching for. Um, since the start of time is to, to find their own little piece. Right. And then you've able to, to put something that's, that needs to get a little bit more traction and a word out there on a peaceful bridge, man. That's fucking rad, man. That's true. I didn't even think about that. Even the connection between like peace and accepting your body and being at peace with your own body, mm. that plays well into um, eating disorders too. Mm. So what, what, why did you want to do that? Like what, what little lit the spark in your brain and was like, Hey, I'm going to light this bridge purple. Um, I think eating disorder advocacy is just a big part of my life right now. So I'm just looking at opportunities to talk more about it. And I want to take advantage of it being eating disorder awareness month. Um, so I think I would, I'm just trying to get creative at this point. And um, I honestly had no idea that they would even take it into consideration. But now that I know that it's like, okay, what next? Right. What like, next? yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Like different avenues of creativity to be able to connect with people I think is really important rather than you know we've now bridged away from like mainstream media right um and that you know the tv is practically redundant we don't watch it anymore radio who the fuck puts the radio on they just put spotify on right um I still listen to the radio at the okay, car I, I take yeah. that back. <laughs> <laughs> but not not I'm very far and few between you're yes. right yeah I grew up not watching television either. So mm. um, that was pretty unusual. And nowadays you're right. We're just all streaming everything. So it doesn't matter. Mm. I think finding these like different little avenues and 
that you know they're different and they spark your interest you know like murals or like lighting the bridge or street art or you know like kind of whatever right i think it's so cool i think it's ways of sparking that creativity in people's minds and also sparking a light in people's minds of like oh this is actually really important oh okay this is cool rather than just the billionth thing that's popped up on your on your facebook feed right of negativity yeah. let's be honest i was just yeah this 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 and you're like oh fuck this i'm just gonna like put my phone away i'm not looking at it right because you just scroll aimlessly i was like well what the fuck my bridge is purple what's going on why is my bridge purple let's you know and it, you gets give your, it, little... it gets your attention yeah you know if it was blue green you'd be like oh okay it's blue green rainbow we know what that is you know okay great you're like it's purple what the fuck what's going on <laughs> it's cool watched it yeah next year i'll get the whole get the whole Niagara Falls purple. That would be cool. That's my next goal because wow. the falls actually light up. Um, yeah. Yeah. You got the, the, lights, the gears like, going. Is the lights behind the water? Yes, exactly. Yeah, the lights are behind the water. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Damn. It's pretty cool. I can't believe people have survived jumping off it. Oh, that just gave shivers. Just thinking not, about that. You're not catching me dead doing that. No way. Yeah. Um, even recently, this poor woman, I don't know how it happened. She somehow got over a blockade and her car was about to go over the falls. And so they had to like rescue her from the car. I think the car actually did go over the falls. But every year there's some ridiculous story about the falls. What the fuck? It's wild. It's wild. There's a museum all about the things that have happened around and near the falls they've had tight ropers go across this one guy he brought an oven he brought an oven and he uh fried an egg over the falls on a tight rope why <laughs> he's hungry oh. egg. Um, i got a real bad fear of heights so again you're not going to catch me doing that you know that's that's not where i get my kicks i get my kicks elsewhere i don't need to do that nope and I'll look at it from a pretty picture. I'll take a picture and stick it on a postcard and send it to my mom and be like, hey, I've seen Niagara Falls, but I'm not going to be swimming up river, you know? That's probably for the best. <laughs> my one brain cell is, is telling me it's a bad idea. I'm going <laughs> to listen to it this time. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. So let's, let's, let's backtrack it, right? What got you started on this? What's your journey? Tell me a story. What's the journey yeah. of Chloe? Okay, so depending on who I'm talking to, I like to take a different lens. And because you're a fitness professional, I feel like I can sort of take that lens um, when it comes to telling my story. So to give you some insight, I I grew up very, very active and um, my favorite sport was gymnastics. So I, I did gymnastics recreationally from about eight years old to 15 years old. And it was my sport. I absolutely loved gymnastics. Um, unfortunately I had a lot of characteristics and personality traits that I think predisposed me to an eating disorder. So for example, just being very perfectionistic, high achiever, um, combined with a low self-esteem and then competing in a sport that puts so much focus on your appearance, they really affected me, um, growing up. And I also, felt as though my body didn't quite fit in because I was naturally a bit more muscular than other bodies I was seeing in the media. So that kind of sparked this idea in my head that I needed to change something about myself because I was different and something was wrong with me. Um, And that led to this 
fixation on eating healthy, which progressively began to be more and more restrictive until my coach pulled me aside and said, hey, I think something's up. Um, We're going to have the school nurse talk to you. And that led to a referral to a doctor and then um, to an eating disorder program when I was 15 years old. So that's kind of where my whole eating disorder recovery journey began. It was um, heavily involved with my family. So they would come to and from my appointments because I was, I was still pretty young. And then going off to university was crazy because suddenly I was on my own and the cafeteria was uh, very triggering for me. They had the calorie content and all the nutrition labels on everything as well as they would post them online. So for someone with an eating disorder, it meant that I could plan and structure every single meal in advance and it caused a lot of anxiety for being around food. So that led to um, a relapse with my eating disorder. And it was also so secretive. So I didn't really talk about this with anyone. Um, I graduated, things were going okay. And then COVID hit. And I was like, man, like, here we go again. Like I, I was spiraling with my eating disorder. And I had this moment where I was lying in bed thinking, I don't want this to be the rest of my life. Um, and I, I just decided that if I didn't do anything about this, then it would be the rest of my life. So that's when I, I started seeing a new therapist and I started blogging about my eating disorder recovery. And I don't think I've shut up about it since. So I talk about it a lot. And I think that now that it's all in the open, um, the shame and the stigma hopefully are helping other people talk about their own eating disorders. And then of course, with the pandemic too, realizing that a lot, a lot of people are affected or having not necessarily eating disorders, but maybe just have difficult relationships with food right now. Thank you for sharing that, mate. Like, you know, sharing, sharing a story that shows a little bit of uh, vulnerability and has in the past had shame attached to it is, is a difficult thing. Right. And I just want to say thank you for that. And that's, that's a massive thing to be able to do that. Um, I think you're right. That. No, no. I mean, you know, you trust in me and then everybody else who's listening, like to be able to share that, that's, that's badass, man. Like you've able, you've, you know, you've identified and highlighted your, your demon, right? Right. right. You've, right. you've, you figured out what that is. You've had the self-awareness, but okay, cool. Like this is no longer like a coincidence. This is happening a couple of times now. This is, this may be a problem. I don't want to be this for the rest of my life, like you said. So I'm then I'm gonna look that motherfucker in the eye. Right? And be like, that's I'm exactly not- what I said. <laughs> hey, that's exactly what you said, word for word. Like you were telling me this before we sit recording. I'm joking. And was just like, I'm the boss of you, motherfucker. You're not the boss of me. And then you just like you cracked on, right? And I think that honestly, like I really, I really wish people feel that strength from from people like you for themselves right because being able to to highlight one of your we'll call it weaknesses right um if not the biggest weakness you have right the limitation Mm -hmm. whatever it is and be able to literally address it look it in the eye right you're literally unstoppable you're like that's the hardest thing to do on the planet like the hardest thing you can put yourself through so much like physical anguish doesn't matter whatever that's fine physical pain will stop right the mental pain mental exactly yeah it's the most difficult and I don't think it's linear right like I had to fall so many times 
um, before I hit that, I don't want to say rock bottom because everyone has different definitions of that. And I don't know if that's maybe the best analogy, but um, yeah, so it's, it kind of goes to say like, no matter how many supports you have, ultimately at the end of the day, if you don't want to get better, then you won't. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think I was preventing myself in some ways um, earlier because I, I wasn't taking it as seriously as I should have been. Yeah, and I think sometimes you need those relapses, right? Because you do it the first time and you you, you gain a little bit of traction, you you gain a little bit of positivity, a bit of momentum. You're like, oh, I'm a weapon, you know, I'm a bit of a badass. Like, I've got this, I've just brushed it off, you know, no problem. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> you're, you're human, dude, you know, it's, it's not that easy. You know, you need to consistently work on it for you to be able to put it to bed for good, right? You're going to have to dig it up out of its grave slap it in the face, remind it who's the boss, put it back in the grave, right? Every single day. And that's that's difficult. But we, as humans, as the dumb creatures that we are, like to think, oh, no, I've done it now. You know, I've done it. I did it on the past. You hear it all the time, right? Oh, back mm-hmm. in my day, I did such and such. Well, thanks, grandpa, right? That happened 60 fucking years ago. That doesn't mean shit now. It's like, what are you doing today? Oh, I'm sitting in my rocking chair nursing a whiskey. I was like, great, you're an alcoholic. You know? Yeah. I, there's the way we see mental illness now is so, so different too. Um, so I think there might not have been a recognition. Um, like I think even when I was diagnosed, no one was really talking about this. So I think in a way it is good that you're having these conversations. Other people are being really open as well. Um, I know that makes me feel less alone for sure. That's awesome, man. And I, I you know, that comes from, that comes from you to have a hard conversation with someone else. You first have to have a hard conversation with yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, otherwise, if we would have, you know, joined this conversation together and one of us is shut off, like it's not going to work. It's not a conversation. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, totally. um, you know, we're quick to know, we know that in terms of physical health, if we abuse our body in the sense of, um, you know, poor sleep, not enough, poor food, not enough, too much, um, you know, not moving and whatever, yeah, kind of just neglecting it, we're going to probably get ill, right? It's going to start falling to pieces. And we know that. Now, in terms of the mentality, we're like, oh, I found myself in a hole, whether I was obsessed with this, eating disorder with this, depressed, anxious, whatever it is, right? I found myself in a hole mentally. It's like, yeah, dude, like, look back. Where's the blueprint? I was like, you haven't been doing anything. You've just neglected yourself. And then you've ended up in a hole. It's called health for a reason, right? It's an illness. You've not attached to it, Mm -hmm. right? It is not you. You are not it. Like, but you have definitely neglected yourself. And I think opening up that conversation of like every day, lay a brick, every day, lay a brick, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day, but every hour they were laying bricks. Mm -hmm. And it can spiral so quickly too. Like when Mm -hmm. you're saying, those signs, um, yeah, sleeping too much or not going outside, all those kind of things seems like small changes. And then suddenly you're like, wait a second, this is not okay. Creeps up on you, right? Like yeah, hind- yeah. hindsight is a beautiful thing because you can see everything. you got 2020 vision. But when you're in a mix of it, like you've got your blinkers on and you, you can't see anything. So like, you know, the realization of you're probably a weekend or you've probably started those tiny little habits maybe for like three months 
right? But it started off five minutes a day. And the next thing you know, now you're never leaving your room three months later, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And you're like, whoa, how did I get here? <laughs> right? It goes back to that awareness. You've got to be aware of yourself. You've got to have that conversation with yourself, look yourself in the eye every, every morning and be like, right, what are you not telling yourself? What are you not, what are you not willing to tell other people? Because you're going to have to tell me because I'm you, you know? <laughs> It's, it's so hard. It's so hard. I can't imagine like even two years ago, I would never be having this conversation ever. Uh, it'd be probably one of my worst nightmares, to be quite honest. I think I was hitting behind or hiding behind some sort of facade. Man, that's so badass though. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because that's shown growth and that's the point. You know, the only constant in life is change. You've gone from two years is a short period of time, man. You know, holy, that's, a- that's when the pandemic started. I just realized that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Whoa, that's that's like a second. Yeah, legit. True, legit. true. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, what was that? 20, 2020? It started off with the Australian fires, right? I was still, I was here in New Zealand, right? You know, when hey. basically like 75% of Australia caught fire? Yes, yes. Sky, of course I remember. Mm-hmm. The sky here was like orange. Wow. Like I was pretty much fresh off the plane, right? I've been here for uh, maybe three months, maybe ish. And I remember it's like some afternoon. I was like, "This guy's fucking orange. The hell's going on?" I was like, "Is this some like Kiwi thing? Is this some something that happens in the you know the bottom right hand corner of the world? The sky just kind of goes orange in in summer?" And I was like, "Oh, okay. Like, what's going on?" Then I just get a text message. It's like, "Dude, Australia is on fire." It's like, uh... "Oh my god." Were you terrified? Um, I mean, uh, it's not going to spread all the way over here. They do have wildfires here. Uh, not as bad as Australia. Australia is like arid. But um, I'm more like, I was like, damn, like, first of all, I hope everything, everyone's okay, including animals, mm-hmm. right? Because it just destroys everything, right? And it was literally 75% of the country was, was ablaze. And I'm like, damn, yeah. I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't do anything to help you, you know, like I'm, I'm on a different island. Like I can't go over and fucking pack cars and help people. It was, uh, it was definitely an experience. Like every, I literally thought there was something wrong with my eyes. Mm, wow. So like everything was orange. Wow. Mm. That's unbelievable. Um, but that was, yeah, that was worldwide news. Like here in Canada, that was all over the headlines. People are donating to the fires. Mm. And you're right, that was right before everything was, changed. It was like the start, right? Because everyone it, everyone yeah. was like, oh my God, it's Armageddon. And I was like, uh, I guess you're not wrong because, you know, the, the gates of hell are supposed to open up and fire and whatever. So I guess like you've, you've put two and two together to make four, congratulations. But like, let's be realistic now. Um, yeah, and then, then everything, everything happened, right? The world shat in its own hands and clapped. And we're here two years later and kind of dealing with the repercussion and, and trying to get by as, as us humans do. Um, mm-hmm. But mate, that's a, that's a short period ago, right? That's literally yesterday. Well, it's not literally yesterday, but you know what I mean? I know. It's, it's, yeah. it's two years ago. It was, it was nothing away. You can throw a stone that far, but you've grown so much and now you're having a, a difficult conversation, mate. Like, and mm-hmm. now you've, you've turned the fucking peace bridge purple and you're you're talking about it and you're you're being authentic man you know authenticity is the most beautiful thing on the planet someone who is confident in themselves 
and in their positive and negatives, everything in between. I've just been like, hey, I'm flawed. You know, I fucked up in whatever way, but I'm also mm-hmm. pretty, pretty goddamn cool in this way. And guess what? I'm human. So I'm just going to like keep cracking on. That is the best compliment. Saying that someone is authentic, that has to be such high praise. I think I, I really struggled with that because I think my eating disorder made me feel like there is some other really ugly, horrible side to me that sort of overtook me and um, prevented me from, this sounds cheesy, but living my life to the fullest. Oh, it's cheesy talk. Living life to the fullest. Yeah. yeah. I think both men and women either hear that, man. You know, I think, like, yeah, it, it goes different ways, but everyone wears a fucking mask. You know what I mean? Everyone plays a character that I think you're going to like, right? So I'll play this character. But actually, mm-hmm. you want to know who I am. But I'm going to play this this fake character. So I think you like that character, but then you feel disconnected because you know a character. So then you play another character. So the characters like each other. And then we don't actually know who each other are. And then we just feel lonely. And you're like, dude, what is going on? Oh, my head's spinning after hearing that. It, is- <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. Just be yourself, man. People don't like you. Fuck them. Whatever. Carry on. That's one of the first things. Uh, yeah, it's interesting how we, I guess, met because you're hosting Jason Wood's book launch. Yeah, yeah, that and was crazy. Yeah, I joined a couple minutes late, so I didn't know you were the host. I just hear this guy like talking everyone's ear off and like making jokes. I'm like, who does he think he is? But it was great. Um, like some of your jokes didn't land and that's okay. You just kept going. It was really amazing. And then I started to notice, okay, okay. I, I think he's more of a host role here. Um, and I realized that you and Jason had um, this relationship from before. So you're the perfect person to host that night. And I think you help bring other people out of their shells and be their authentic selves. Oh, man, I appreciate that so much, man. Like, honestly, um, like I, I love Jason so much. I think he's an absolute top class fella. I think what he's doing, um, again, is, is top class. You know, I would put your put yourself and him in the same boat. I think, you know, you've 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 identified, like I said before, you've identified that demon. You looked him in the eye. Like I think that that's so cool, man. You know, like I I don't know, like yeah, some some jokes didn't land, which was kind of funny. Like, but I was the only, uh, you know, major foreigner, like one with a, a bit of a different culture, i.e., like. Mm-hmm. darker humor you know i drop a couple f-bombs in there that probably shouldn't be there around academics but fuck it you know and um it was perfect well listen i you know if i'm if i'm going to be myself everyone else can be and if i'm going to be the, the the black sheep right then at least someone can be the purple sheep or the pink mm-hmm. sheep or or a fucking wolf or like i don't know like a rhino with one leg or whatever they are you know like <laughs> just do you man like I think that's so cool like honestly I wish people could see themselves through my eyes Mm -hmm. I really do Mm -hmm. because I don't get the whole fuck you man like you did this blah 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 and I was like no no, no. I'm gonna respect you because you're a human being I'm gonna respect you because you're alive and you've got a story that I don't know I'd love to know it if you want to share it you can share it with me if you don't then don't Right. But I'm going to respect you because you're you. 
I'm going to need that back. Right. You know, that's the thing. So many of us have those, uh, I don't know if you want to call them demons, but just, there's so much you don't know about someone. Mm -hmm. I, I don't think a lot of people know just from looking or talking to me, um, what I've been through and like, we each just have our own experiences. Um, it's up to us if we want to, what we want to share. Mm. And there's levels to it, right? Yes. And I think that the more, you know, the more levels that you, you climb to understand a complex human being, because we are, we're complex. Um, life is not complex, but humans are very complex, right? The more levels that we climb to understand these people, I think that's, that's so cool. Like the connection just like exacerbates. Yeah. I don't know if you find this though, but there's some people where just right off the bat, I get this sense where there's only so much I can reveal. There's only so much I could explain and that they'll understand or that they're opening or they're open to understand, especially when it comes to mental illness. Mm -hmm. um, and then there are people like you where I feel like we could just, I could say anything and I don't feel I would be judged or there would be any repercussions. Uh, again, dude, that, 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 that means a lot to me, man. Like that does. Um, I do think, you know, I struggled with a long time with being misunderstood. Mm -hmm. Right. And it would really fuck me up. Like I would, I would hate it. Like literally hate it. I'm like, ah, oh, you don't understand. Don't fucking misunderstand. Blah, 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 blah. You got to understand whatever. Cause you know, I came from the shit out of Manchester and like people carry knives on a daily basis and try and mug you all the time and kick your door in. And we're struggling to make pennies, never mind pounds, you know, and you buy everything with a yellow sticker on it that says reduced rather than actually be able to get a loaf of bread. You're picking out the mold and shit. And I'm like, you don't, you don't know me, you know? So don't misunderstand the way I'm coming across. However, I, um, I came across this clip from Jay Shetty. I love this dude. I love this dude. Right. Um, and this was maybe I'm going to say three months ago and he was doing a podcast with someone else and they were like, what do you, not value or what are you okay with that everybody else tries to get so badly and it was like i'm okay with being misunderstood because he was like i think that's just a matter of the fact like not everybody's going to understand you and it sounds so simple but hearing him say it knocked me for six and i was like you know what yeah fine i'm okay with being misunderstood that's huge that's going to take a minute to fully sink in oh mm. uh, wow because a lot of us want to be accepted, which is, I think, in some ways, the opposite. Or it's like that resistance that it's really deep. I have to think about that one. That one. That's, yeah, that's, that's really a thought. That's fine. You no, know, meditate on mm -hmm. it. Think about it. Mm -hmm. Philosophize on it. Like come back to it. Dissect it. Do whatever you need to do. You know, I think um, that acceptance is is what we all crave, right? But I think yeah. it's because we don't give it to ourselves right we don't integrate the quote-unquote bad qualities that we have highlighted as bad everyone's got something they don't like about uh, themselves right and we don't integrate that in us we're not like this is who i am man you know not in a sense of um arrogance and i'm just going to continue doing my destructive tendencies right if i'm going to highlight what is not the best about me and then I'm going to use it in a constructive manner. Mm. It goes back to those high conversations. 
and it's like we tell kids it's like oh what makes you different makes you special and I don't yeah. think we actually live that philosophy like we'll say those things to children but it's like as an adult do you really believe that mm. so I I um heard this a while ago and it blows my mind so I'm going to share it right mm-hmm. of <clears throat> it's a theory of when you're a kid you're born with the secrets of the universe and you so life and everything and you forget it before you have the opportunity to tell anybody and your entire life is trying to figure out who you are and trying to remember it that's a bit sad oh it's it's rad though right Mm. where did you hear that from i don't know i think it was a i don't know where it was I listen, I listen to a lot. I read a lot of different things. And then I also think about a lot of things. So it could have potentially been like an idea that was planted from a conversation I listened to and then just kind of went off and went a little bit nuts. Like, cause mm-hmm. I am definitely nuts. That's okay. But we all are, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, I like that thought. It is. It's a nice thought. It's wow. Um, yeah, so much. I, I was reflecting recently on um, I had to make some big career changes and I was thinking back to when I was a kid and what I wanted to be when I grew up. Uh, and I was always a writer. I always wanted to be an author um, and write a book. And then now I'm kind of like, yeah, I love writing. Like, why did I try to push this away or try to be someone else or be someone different because I had this idea that writers are broke and they're not successful and there's no way to succeed as a writer, um, which obviously is false because there are so many writers who are doing incredible things. And yeah, so it's, it's cool to remember that part of being a kid and what you really wanted to do and what you love doing and going back to that. I mean, that's awesome. You know, and I think, you know, you go, you go upstream and you go to the source of that, like that's you acknowledging who you are. Right. And then you've, you've gone back because you've, you've been okay with, Hey, this is my limitations. You know, you've accepted that you kind of fell down a few times and now, yeah. now you've dealt with it and dealing with it. Right. It's never completely done. And now that's sparked reflection in other ways. And now that's gained some passion and stoked the fire and they're like, in some previous things that you had the fire and now you that's that's awesome man you know and that all comes from figuring out what the problem was and having the balls to address it with yourself thank you thank you it is it's nice to hear it from another person um i don't think we give ourselves enough credit for no. those like internal things and struggles that we that we go through um like even if you're talking to a therapist and I know a therapist is like a third person perspective and she's told me things where I'm like, nah, like you're just saying that because I pay you. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's, it's, I'm trying to receive compliments a bit better. It's uh, something I'm working on. It's hard though, right? Like yeah, compliments make you feel a bit weird. Definitely. Some people I anyway. Like, and you said like you we're very self-critical of yourself too. So I think if you grow up with that mindset, then it's, mm-hmm. it's can be difficult to change. Mm. I think you, you've got to be, you've got to be proud of everything, everything. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, however, I think you can't be satisfied with anything. 
I'm just thinking. <laughs> Can't I, be satisfied with anything. No, simply because satisfaction breeds into stagnation, right? And stagnation, usually for individuals who have a little bit of an erratic mind that can go down multiple different avenues, if we're not actively going for something, then we'll end up spiraling into something negative. I can see that. I think stagnation for me has always been a fear. And Mm. maybe you need to do it. I think I have. I think I have because, um, yeah, I I've just recently just been through a lot of big major changes. Um, and I was listening to the conversation that you and Jason Wood were having. He was saying too, with the pandemic, he's had a lot of time to reflect internally, and um, the same has sort of been true for me. Where I was thinking really about my my values, and um, a lot of it was through what I did as a career. And I was focused a lot on external motivation rather than internal motivation. So that was, that was a big change for me. So what is the internal motivation that that gets you now? Uh, The eating disorder recovery advocacy. It I get so excited to wake up again, this is so cheesy, but I literally am so excited to wake up the next day. It's like, what conversations will I have? Um, I've been able to write a lot more for my blog and I'm looking into doing more professional speaking opportunities because I saw that gap missing when I was growing up. Like there was no one having these conversations. Um, and I've already put so much out there. It's like, oh, there's no going back now. I might as well just keep going and see where this takes me. Well, you know, the, the smile that just jumps onto your face every time you talk about it, like that, that's exactly mm. what you should be doing, you know, like seeing someone just super passionate about something is so fucking cool. I was like, you could be passionate about tiddlywinks or friggin' sports cards. I don't care. Like, just do whatever you absolutely are fired up to go do. Because like, you just sit back and watch this individual do their thing. You're just like, wow, that's yeah. beautiful. It's like that saying, oh, you know, do what you love and you never work a day. It's like, I didn't fully understand that because work felt like work to me. Um, And I'm still very much in the early stages of turning this passion into a full out career in business. So um, yeah, it's just, it's just the baby steps in getting there, but I don't think there's any turning back. I think sometimes you might have to put your, actively put your back against the wall and be like, no, there is no going back. Mm. Like I, I, I've done that and I'm honestly in a bit of a limbo again, right? Uh, like we alluded to before, just, you know, I'm away from my home country. So that poses some, some issues. Um, and it's kind of like, okay, like, was this a fad? You know, do I just like throw everything away or pause it or heavily reduce some things or everything? So then I go do, you know, a nine to five somewhere and I can get a, I can get a visa and I can do my thing. Right. Yeah. And I, I bat that around and have done for a long time, years in many different situations. Um, Cause I've been the guy who's done the four jobs, you know, I've been the guy who had to pay a couple of rents and support someone at the time. And, you know, I was doing 18 hour days and whatever, and you do it because you have to, it's out of necessity. I don't think that's what you should be doing. However, mm. I know I can go to some fucked up level to be able to do it. 
now I don't go there because I've, I've, I've kind of proved to, proven to myself that gun to my head, I can survive. Right. And now I'm like, I, I don't need to do that anymore. Like I've, I've proven that that's done. Um, and I bought a round of like, you know, um, maybe, maybe I just kind of, you know, go work for the man and I can just kind of coast through and, and get all the, the quote unquote privileges that, that come with that. Right. And then the little voice in the back of my head is like, dude, you can't do that, man. That's not you. You know, I'm sure even just picturing yourself there is a weird image. Um, I can't do it, man. Like, honestly, yeah. like, um, I think you could probably relate to this in a sense of um, where my mental health goes is I get, I get thoroughly depressed, like real, real down. However, I think your mental health gets triggered when you're in environments or doing things or playing a role that you shouldn't be playing, where you're creating that disconnect between your soul and your ego, right? Or your heart and your head, whichever analogy you want to use, it doesn't matter, it's the same, you know? And for me, it's like, if I'm doing something that I'm not supposed to be doing, I get really depressed, like really depressed. And it takes me a hell of a long time to, to get out of it. And it leaves a lot of marks um, mentally. Like it, it takes a lot out of me. And I'm sure you can relate in a sense of if you carry on doing the things that you, you, you shouldn't be doing or something that doesn't light you up and leave everything else to the wayside, you know, ED might come start knocking on your door again. Yeah. Wow, that was so well said. Um, I could definitely relate on in in some ways to that because um, again, this is something I, I don't speak a lot about. But since we're about being vulnerable here, uh, I I had a very dark, depressive episode this summer, and there's something about being depressed in the summer that makes it just even worse because it's so beautiful and bright and you think you should be at the beach and having fun. And I was spending a lot of time on social media, like what's wrong with me? This is, this is awful. And so much of it was exactly that, like that disconnect between like how I was spending my days and how I wanted to spend my days or how I wanted to contribute. Um, it, It really got to me. And I was doing a lot of reading too on being a highly sensitive person, which I 100% fall into this category. Do you know anything about HSPs or highly sensitive people? Uh, no, not academic wise. So please, okay. please inform me. Uh, I think they get compared to people who are empathetic a lot. Someone who has a lot of empathy. But what I was reading about was if you're a highly sensitive person, you you just feel things so deeply. And I was reading a book on highly sensitive people in the workplace, and it's really, really hard for them to not take things home. Like they just internalize a lot of things. They take things very personally. Um, so in a lot of ways, like they can't just go to work and then come back home. Like they really have to love what they're doing and they really have to think deeply about their career choices. And that just hit such a chord with me because some people, they can just go and do a day job and, and live a different life, but I've always struggled mm. with that concept. So that that was really, really interesting. Um, and then this of course applies to like relationships and being a highly sensitive person. And then you're just sensitive to like literally everything, like noises, <laughs> coldness. I have a, like a heater blasting right now. <laughs> 
and I had a really warm sweater on, but it's always so cool to read about these concepts that you had no idea about. And then it sort of just changes the way you view yourself and you view other people. Yeah. You start to understand, right? Like mm-hmm. you start to pull the pieces of the jigsaw together and you're like, Oh, that's a picture. You know, that's a human. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, okay. You know, <laughs> that, make, that, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Like I'm, I'm going to have to live that way now. Otherwise I'm going to be fighting against myself. And it goes back to that self-awareness you know sometimes you come to the realization yourself you wake up one day and it slaps you in the face you're like oh maybe i should be doing this and then other times you need to act actively go seek it out you know you got to read the the books you got to listen to the podcast you got to watch the video you've you got to do the study like whatever it is right and um Mm -hmm. yeah i relate to that a lot like i have to live a certain way because i guess i'm crazy all the time right um and otherwise it will, it will send me absolutely into a depressive state and I'll be at the bottom of the pit quicker than you can snap your fingers. Right. Yeah. And I know, and I know that because I've reached that place a lot of times and I'm like, I can't do that again. Like I have to help other people because that's what fires me up. And that is what I have created my purpose to be at least for now. Right. Nothing in life is guaranteed, but that's mm-hmm. who I am. I, um, and I have to live that way right it's it's also it's a selfish unselfish thing right because you live you're living for other people through doing what you need to do right because that aids you not spiraling yes yes oh that was really well played Uh, again i'm not so i might have a way with words (laughs) just take out all the effing and jeffing you know (laughs) no i think it's it's really incredible and like you said to me, it takes, I don't know, this is an overused word. I think people a lot of times will, I'm sure, tell you, oh, that's very brave. That's very strong of you to talk about these things and share your experiences. But they're, they're, they're very universal. I don't think what happened to me was particularly unique. Um, but the way that you can kind of make the worst thing that happened to you the best part of your life or the most meaningful part of your life like i i wish i could make people feel how much that fucking fires me up i want to punch through a brick wall you know what i mean like hearing it could be the exactly the same story for a million people right and obviously the people are different and every single one would fire me up so much like you've Mm -hmm. you've gone against what your head has been telling you what quote unquote society has told you social norm or whatever right and you've been like okay this is an issue because i'm doing something that i shouldn't be doing or i'm hurting other people or i'm destroying things or whatever physically uh, mentally emotionally could be all of them cool i'm going to accept that and i'm going to work with it and be a better person and grow from it because the easiest thing in the world is to inflict pain right I'm not going to feel it. I'm going to throw it up into a ball. I'm going to throw it in your face. That's easy. That's easy. But to be able to sit with that, feel it, figure it out, like accept it and be like, right, I'm the boss, not you. Because then I'm going to like throw out healing. and I'm going to try and create connection and I'm going to try and do all these positive things, right? Rather than negative things. That, that is so badass. Thanks. Thank you. That transition though, like 
um, I don't know if you've experienced this with depression, but it was similar when I was in my, um, going through a depression in the summer was the, the victim mindset. Like I, uh, I really struggled with that because I felt like what was happening to me was I couldn't explain why it was happening to me. And I felt very, very stuck. Um, and it's not like there's a, a light that switches. Like I honestly, it's, it's so, so hard to see like all these metaphors and seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. But um, because you've been in a depressive state before, it's like one of the hardest things to get out of. Sometimes I'm just like, how did I even get out of it? Like, I'm not even sure how we get out of it. Um, so here's something. Um and it's coming from a dude that, um, you know, with hindsight, looking back, I've, I've dealt with this since, you know, I was breathing on the planet, you know, genetic predisposition, um, hell of a lot of concussions, like over 10, um, like my memory really isn't great. There was a lot of things that happened, um, as a kid environmentally and, and otherwise. So you're like, okay, that's, kind of adding bolt to you you might end up being a little bit depressed um to put it lightly depression is like looking at the world through a different set of eyes right because you see things differently mm-hmm. a, lot, a lot of people don't get that a lot of people will will see the world through one set of eyes in their lifetime they only ever see it one way because people are closed-minded depression helps you opened up your mind because now you're seeing it in a different light. Yeah. Okay. Things might be dark, right? There's the, there's the night and the day. Like the planet goes dark for half the day. That's, Mm. that's life. Right. But you're able to see something, the same thing in a different way. And that's beautiful. So yeah. Okay. It might be really hard and the cloud is over your head, you know, you're in a really sticky spot. But at the end of the day, you're able to see the same thing, right? In a different dimension. And then when you get out of that, it's literally like you can see the world in all these, like all the colors rather than just black and white, right? It's white, it's the daytime when everything is fine. And when you're depressed, it's black, it's nighttime, right? And when you end up getting through that, it's like you can see the colors of the rainbow. And that, mate, is beauty because you have gained a superpower. You're living in like four dimensions. I like that a superpower. That's 100%. a really interesting perspective to take on it. I think it goes with everything, everything like eating disorders, anxiety, like ADD, ADHD. If you're able to acknowledge it and work with it, you've got a superpower, 100%. And you're totally right that some people can't see that perspective. Um, and then if you've been there, you know, it's, it's very hard to explain. I think you did. That was like spot on. I was like, oh my gosh, you're describing what I've been through, <laughs> uh, which is tough to do. I, I found even like with an eating disorder, it's really hard to describe to someone because it doesn't make sense. Um, and I'm sure it's similar with depression. Like I, I think probably your brain changes. Like there's 
it just is not absorbing information the same way that someone who is not depressed would absorb information. Yeah, like brain chemistry changes. And I, I kind of want to give a little bit of a tip to the heart if anybody is, is struggling at the moment um, in a sense of, I, you know, you said it hit the nail on the head, right? Um, and I might get the comment like that um, quite a few times with something that I might write, right? In terms of the poetry and that. And I was like, I write that when I'm depressed, right? So I think that when I'm depressed as fuck, and they're like, oh, I'm really sorry. I was like, no, man, that's a beautiful thing because now I've created a connection between you and me from that quote unquote bad side, right? And that's, yeah. that's incredible. Like now you can empathize and create a connection with people using the limitation that was dealt with you, right? Yeah, absolutely. Like that's insane. That is literally <laughs> turning a weakness into a strength. That's you literally being superhuman. Do you ever journal or keep diaries? Cause that's something I've done. And I think when I look back at them, it's like, Oh, I wrote this when I was so depressed, but there's, there's a beauty and there's like meaning in those words from the darkest spots because yeah, it, take, it takes you back there. Um, and sometimes like I look back and like, Oh, things weren't that bad. It's like, no, no, at that time it was really, really hard. And I don't want to forget those, those things I've been through. Yes, I do. I have, um, a goal and a gratitude book that I basically write down goals for the day and gratitude every morning. Um, I got my little like poetry notebook that I'll, I'll do some actual writing in, which is half a journal, half poetry. Like poetry for me is basically me journaling anyway. Mm -hmm. um, and then I have a, another book where I will like form sentences and, and actually um, create like a journaling atmosphere. Yeah. But when I finish them, I finish the book, I burn them. What? Yeah. <gasps> I heard to sink. I, I keep all of mine. So that's the exact opposite of what I do. Yeah. Um, is there a significance for that? Yeah. So um, I, uh, I wrote something down. It kind of, <clears throat> it kind of hits the nail on the head in the sense of uh, it's coming out in the, in the new book is, um, Every night I kill myself because every morning I wake up a new man. I then have 24 hours to figure out who he is. And I believe like every day we are a new person, not completely in the sense of multiple split personalities, but I think if we live that way, or at least speaking for myself, if I live that way, I, one, I'm committed to growth, committed to the journey rather than this is who I am. I'm singular. I'm like, no, 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 I'm, I'm complex. I'm evolving. I'm, I'm a human being. I'm going to end up, end up dying. I'm growing. I'm, I'm doing everything, right? I'm everything and nothing. And also it frees me from the shackles of, of who I was, what ended up happening, um, the good, the bad, the ugly, the positive, the negative, all those beautiful memories I can't rely on to help me now. And all those negative memories, the, actions that might have had to occur out of necessity does not define who I am now because after this conversation, I'm going to be completely different because I've learned so much from you so much from the process of having this conversation. And then I can then commit to, to growing. Right. And it's a, uh, it's the final step for me um, of like, you can't rely on anything in the past. 
the past is the present's teacher to help serve the future. So after it's burnt, it's done. It's then out of my heart and head. And we go forth. That forces you 110% to be present. Like there's, I can see where you're coming from with that. Um, I think part of me needs to hold on to pieces of the past. And that's why I have a hard time accepting that um, you're able to burn and throw away these things. But I can see how that would be therapeutic in a lot of ways as well um, yes. to move forward. And I like that idea of you're a different person every single day. Like that's unreal. That's such a, a brilliant way of looking at your life. I like that. Thank you. Like, I'm not saying it's the way to go about things. I'm saying I'm being authentic. I'm being real. Like, Hey, this is, this is what I figured out and works for me. Right. Figure out on what the, on what works for you. And go do that, right? If it, it means keeping your journals, think then fucking keep them. You know, if it means not journaling, then don't journal. Like, you know what I mean? Like, do whatever you want to do. Like, I, as long as you're not to your detriment or someone else's detriment, do whatever you want to do. I was like, yep, yeah, I burn. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I see that so much too on social media. I don't know if you get this on your feed, but. Uh, there's a lot of trends on morning routines and they all look the same. They all look absolutely the same. It's a girl waking up at 5am and her little clock flips to 5am and then she does some yoga and she drinks a weird detoxifying green beverage and then goes for a walk and then reads a book and they all, they're all reading the same book. They're all journaling the same thing and that's not going to work for everyone. And it just sets you up for comparison. Um, and I, I really don't like that obsession with like productivity and always I understand trying to better yourself but at some point you have to accept certain things about you like I accept that I am anxious I can be very anxious and I think that's just who I am and I don't think I can bury that and um it's just part of who I am so those kind of things really really bother me and what you've said about just knowing what works for you and just doing that, that's super cool. And that's, uh, that's harder to find. Yeah, man. Like it, it's funny. Cause you know, I've been, I don't want to say preaching, but I've been, uh, saying the benefits or what could be the benefits of a morning routine for a long ass time. Right. Simply from my perspective of like, Hey, I need to set my own head. Right. Because I need to get a jump on this little, this little ghost that says that's called depression, right? I need to get a jump on that motherfucker and be like, no, 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 not, not today. You're not getting me today. Right. I'm having a good day. Not a bad day. Like go screw yourself. And no one, no one needs anything from me. Right. So I'm like, Hey, this, this could help, but it's not the be all and end all. And it's funny because when people work with me in terms of coaching, uh, everyone gets a uh, Google folder, right. Uh, on my Google drive. And then as well as your program, you get all these pieces of like information and documentation in there that just could potentially help. And I'm like, hey, here's like an example. Here's why we're doing some things um, or why this could work or this could help. But if it doesn't, doesn't work, you don't want to do it or it's not for you, don't fucking do it. Simple. Like, it's no skin off my nose, man. Figure it out for yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, it's there mm -hmm. if you need it, right? I'm big on equal opportunity. It's there if you need it, right? The line is there. We all started the line. You can walk over it if you want to. The door is open. 
we can walk through. If you don't want to, don't do it. Simple. Just because yeah. everybody's on their Instagram reels doing 5 a.m. yoga and drinking a skinny tea or journaling in the same bloody hairy fairy journal. If that doesn't work for you, man, if you're a night person, you like to wake up at 3 p.m. and work nights and do it just before you go to bed, then go do that, right? And I'm like, if you're genuinely happy at playing video games and working like a minimum wage job and that is your true happiness, then fucking do that, man. Like, whatever you want. Sure, I got, sure. Yeah. I got no leg to stand on to tell you how to live your life. Nothing. And I think when you're... Can I call you a creative? I feel like as writers, I think we are creatives. Like we're just creative people. You can call um, me whatever you want, mate. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's so important to, to figure out what works for you because I'm no longer on that nine to five schedule. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't do anything that I just won't do anything. And that of course can be problematic too. It's similar to your depression. It's like, I, I can't skip meals. Like I know that just leads down a bad path and I can't skip snacks. And just from, you know what, if you don't want to breakfast, that's fine, but I need to eat breakfast. Um, I can see how, yeah, it's a, it's a form of self-care and it's a form of um, care for our, our mental health. I was thinking a lot too about how the word mental health is just used so often. And it was really interesting. I was reading something and they talked about eating disorders as a brain disorder. And that really stuck with me. It's like, oh, a brain disorder. That sounds like very serious. And just there's more weight to that. And we don't throw it around as often as we talk about a mental mental illness. Mm. Yeah, it's definitely, you know, it's great. You know, there's always pros and cons with everything, right? It's It's fantastic that the word or the words mental health is being thrown around a lot more. Um, however, it packs a much less of a punch now, right? Because it's like, ah, oh, fuck, these knobheads are talking about mental health again. You know, it's like, um, yes, because it's serious business and um, we might be helping you. I don't know, you know, maybe, or maybe your children or whatever, you know? Mm. Um, so, yeah, I think, you know, kind of reinventing the wheel, I guess, with, with different terminology and, and going further into it and being like, okay, what is a preventative measure? Well, where's that umbrella? And then where's the umbrella of where there could be some chemical imbalances, right? And then it's like redefining and, and kind of like fine combing and fine tuning this whole thing that we have no idea about, let's be honest, called the brain. Mm-hmm. It's scary. <laughs> Terrifying. The chemical imbalance part is true because sometimes I think, you know, if I didn't do gymnastics or if I didn't do this, then maybe certain things would have happened. But um, yeah, there's that acceptance where no matter what I did, I was probably predisposed to this illness Mm. and kind of similar to yourself, it sounds like. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Um, You definitely, you know, people definitely do have uh, predispositions, like genetic predispositions. Um, I'm one of those people for myself, again, disclosure, don't take me out of context. If it doesn't work for you, leave it where it is, drop the ball, let it hit the floor of like, okay, I'll acknowledge that. But then I'll also refuse myself to, um, put it in the front of my mind. So for example, um, I made it all the way through school. I made college as in that's. 17 18 back home it's not university it's the one before it um 
and then I've like worked right and I figured out well I didn't figure out someone actually came up to me was like who works with uh, intellectual disabilities and was like Alex like you have exactly the same tendency when you read as someone who's got dyslexia I was like, ah, oh, that makes a lot of sense because by 22, I'd read four books, right? And it took me a lot to get through those fucking four books. And I'll write things and it might be in a different order or I miss letters and I read it correctly or like the format of me, like if I put pen to paper, it looks right. If I put it on a screen, I forget how to spell the world because it looks different. Or if I put it on a whiteboard, again, it looks different. So I forget how to spell it. Like it's whatever and i'm like okay dude more than likely you're a bit dyslexic or dyslexic as shit whichever right and i'm like okay but me with me i'm like i refuse to go get that tested mm. because i refuse my brain to play tricks on me to be like hey it's okay now you know you don't have to draft the book five times right it took me five drafts to do this last book that i've just done which is should be out soon. Like five drafts. I did that shit, right? I was like, oh, you don't have to do that now because you can play the card of whatever. And I'm like, no, 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 I refuse that. I was like, this is the cards I'm dealt. I've got to get really skillful at playing said cards. That's it. And I know that comes across quite harsh for a lot of people. It won't work for a lot of people. All I'm saying is, hey, this is what keeps me humble. It's what keeps me between two fine lines. Um, and what keeps me like kind of accountable to myself. It's really interesting. And that's super impressive. Like I've always dreamed of writing books. Anytime someone says I've run a book, I'm just like, ah, that's amazing. <laughs> uh, it, it shows it's possible. Yeah, man. I have this idea that an author is like someone later in their life and they've retired and they're at the cottage. It's like, no, people everywhere are doing this. And they've had challenges um so to hear it's like okay what's my excuse right like <laughs> I don't have the same challenges that you have um I like that mindset though um I think part of it's like looking at treatment maybe like I remember I didn't really identify with the term of someone who is anorexic but that was because I was, was refusing the treatment um, so I can see what you mean, how in certain contexts it does work, like not to identify with like a diagnosis and other times it maybe doesn't work. Um, yeah, and it's like different to when you're an adult and you're realizing something too, I think. Yes. Yes. Um, I think so. Yeah. But that must've been like kind of mind blowing for you. Just be like, oh, this is something that I've always had. And I didn't realize there's anything wrong. And you're just like, cool, there is nothing wrong. It's whatever. <laughs> yeah. I just thought I was slow to some things, right? And I was just like, um, like, oh, I'm a, a slow learner and, and a slow, which isn't correct, um, or a slow reader or, you know, I'm just kind of like not good at it, right? I'm one of those things. And I kind of have a little bit more deeper conversations with people who work in the field with with some sort of like, you know, intellectual abnormalities or, or whatever it is. Um, and we, we get into the nitty gritty and, and I try and read something out. Right. And I kind of explain, Hey, this is what's going through my head when I read something. And they're like, nah, dude, that's like the spitting image. And I'm like, Oh, that makes a lot of sense. And then I talk to me, mom, and she's like, Oh yeah. Like it is in the family. 
I'm like, <laughs> so Whoa. I made it, I made it to like what, 25 or something. And I didn't have a clue. I'm like, okay. I was like, would have been nice to know mom. <laughs> yeah. 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 But I don't, I also, again, this might be a little bit um, of a different opinion. Right. And I think it's heavily molded by uh, my upbringing and the environment I grew up in, right. The Northern uh, territory of, of England is very much of a, you have to survive, right. You have to get by, like you have to figure it out. Like that's it. Mm-hmm. And you know, working class is the same everywhere. Um, and I'm actually really glad I had that upbringing of like, okay, well, I'm not going to read. Cool. I've got to figure this out. And yeah, okay. It took me like a long time to start actually start reading. But now, like I, I noticed the difference. Like I have to read at least four pages every morning, right? At least mm-hmm. four pages, which is nothing. Um, but I notice if I don't do that, the way I can have a conversation, even in these podcasts, right? I start stuttering. I lose my trail of thought. I can't really hold a sentence correctly. But if I keep up the reading, because I'm just like plowing it into my head, like continuously over and over again, I can hold a better conversation. My writing gets better. Like I stutter less. The nerves go down. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. Like this is just something I need to consistently do, which, you know, it's just self-awareness, like figure out who you are. Absolutely. It makes me so happy. I just love reading so much. So uh, talking with other people who have just a shared love of reading and for you, is it like an actual book that you read? Yeah, I have um, to. Like a like, physical, yeah, yeah. Ah, love that. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a big, it's a big pat on the back, man. Hmm. It's a massive pat on the back from me to me in the sense of, dude, you have this thing in your hand, right? That you were actually scared of, right? You're opening it up and you're reading the goddamn words right? And then you're closing it and you'll eventually finish this book. And I'm like, I can kind of look over to the bookshelf and I'm like, I've read all those books. Like me, Mm -hmm. I've read those books, right? And I'm like, that's, I know it sounds something so daft and so little, but to me, that's a big thing. To someone else, that's a little thing. To, To me, their big thing might be a little thing to me. It's a lot of individuality, you know? doesn't matter. I think it's amazing. I think it's incredible. Um, and I'm a speed reader. So part of it is I, I envy people who take their time reading because sure, I can read something very quickly, but nothing sticks. I'll forget characters' names or I'll, I won't even um, pick up on like major themes or anything like that. So no, I think that's absolutely incredible. And also so much of it is, yeah, reading makes you a better writer. Um, and it's easy for me to be like, oh, no, no, I don't have time to read. Like you have to create and write, but reading helps with that. Um, I just love it so much. And I think I used to be very fixated on reading like only nonfiction. Um, so I like to switch it up and read fiction as well. Cause it just, it does something to that other side of the brain um, mm. where I'm not like constantly focused on self-improvement. Cause I, I was drawn to a lot of like self-improvement books. Mm. Mm. I understand that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's so powerful, like the written word, the power of the pen and, and also like reading is so powerful. You know, you want to, you want to learn something, you're going to have to teach yourself in a sense of go out and find the resources to then learn from like going to school puts you in a box and you're going to learn everything you need to know within that box. Well, life is not lived in a box. 
life is like the outside the box. So you want to learn anything about that and how to get by and do all that type of stuff. You got to have the initiative to end up figuring that out. And I, I wish I would have felt that earlier. Um, but it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's never too late. Never I wish I would have figured out things about my career and just life hey. in general a lot earlier. Um, I think in the grand scheme, it's like, we're still super young. Um, we still have a lot of life and I, I try not to think of things as regrets. Um, they're, they're learning experiences and trying to let go. Maybe I need to go burn some journals. I think that would help. Hey, hey. <laughs> Just have a huge bonfire. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not telling you to start any fires now, you know, I'm not, I'm not be like, Hey, burn everything down. No, geez. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. hey, if it helps, it helps, you know, like um, just do whatever, do whatever you need to do. That was actually some advice from a therapist. Okay. She didn't actually tell me to burn anything. She said to rip it up. So it's still like the act of destroying. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was just in terms of the eating disorder. She wanted me to make a, a pro and a con list. Um, and I was like, yeah, there's gonna be so many pros. Of course there's the more I sat down, I was like, ah, oh, this is a trick there. There's, there's a lot of cons to this. Um, and, so, and then, so her advice was to rip it off and like, or rip it up rather. And that was kind of the idea of like moving on and leaving that part behind. Mm. Mm, it's powerful. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely what felt I do. Good. Felt good. <laughs> Fuck yeah, man. Like that's, that's, it's what I do. Like if I write, so for example, like this, you know, it's kind of just, it's like a little journal that I just write scrap piece of paper stuck together, write all my poems in. Right. Um, and then I'll sift through them. I, I create it. And over the period of time, it turns into a book. And the next thing you know, that, that notebook is then getting burnt. You don't see the, the, uh, the drafts, you know, you see the finished product. Mm-hmm. That one will be different though. That one I'm going to keep. Wow. Yeah, that's going to be the first one I keep. Um, there's a lot of things in there that um, won't go in any book. Um, a lot of poems, a lot of, you can kind of say philosophical writings, I guess what makes me cringe a little bit because I don't think I'm any wise man or anything. I just think I'm a dude trying to figure it out, you know, Um, who's a little bit crazy. So goes to some weird places sometimes, but there's a lot of things in there that I hope one day either I pick up again, or if I ever get grace with the opportunity to have a, have a kid, they pick up or a, someone else's child picks up and he's just able to see, a perspective on a time that there's no longer living in mm-hmm. and seeing someone who's just figuring it out like a humble, humble dude, just figuring it out. Um, I hope that kind of comes from it. Yeah. And this, obviously there's no name. It's not like property of fucking Alex Thomas. Like, no, that's not, it doesn't matter about that. Right. Like I, I think I said this to, to Jace this week of like, I hope everybody forgets my name um to prove that the doer isn't important it's the deed that is Mm. so in some ways it's a bit of i don't know if legacy is the right word but it's something that you're leaving for like a future generation i i think of that too with my writing like yeah i'm gone it'll still be there and i think that's super super cool (laughs) yeah yeah 
I think it's um, uh, so powerful. 100%. This is going to sound a bit dark, but um, I sometimes like to read obituaries. <laughs> and just to give me some perspective on my own life. And um, yeah, if I'm feeling especially down about my body, I'm like, okay, Betty Sue's obituary, they're not talking about how she looked and what she ate. They're talking about the relationships and what she enjoyed doing. Um, and even people who pass away a bit younger too, it's just like, I love the way that we can preserve their lives within the obituary and within like the written word. I think it's, I think it's really beautiful. And then because I'm so sensitive, I'll usually end up crying. I'm like, why am I doing this to myself? <laughs> Dude, I'll, I'll, I'll cry quite that much. <laughs> oh, I cried everything. Like the Olympic commercials get me every time. They're oh. so heartbreaking. <laughs> Cause it's like the kid growing up playing hockey and then his dad gets sick and he has to, oh, every time. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm not that bad, but I'll cry at Toy Story. So really, it's it's yeah, '90s kids get it. One hundred percent, every time. Doesn't matter which Toy Story it is, I'm tearing up. For sure, for sure. Yeah, it's a sad movie, man. <laughs> I got I got three questions. Mm-hmm. All right, number one is: What's the greatest piece of life advice you've ever received? I don't know who gave this to me, um, so I don't know if that counts as advice. However, something that I've read is this too shall pass and that's. <laughs> it's money right um, there, that's gorgeous. Yeah, I, I write that in my journal oftentimes um, because our life is so transient. and But it goes for the, yes, it's, reflective of the bad times, but also good times. Like the good times aren't going to last forever too. Those like mediocre times, like all of it, it's, it is what it is. Like, so appreciate what's happening. I really like that one. Yeah. 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 This too shall pass. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Appreciate exactly what's happening in the present because that's life. Like the good, the bad, the ugly, the fantastic, the shite, the euphoria, and then also, you know, the depression. That's, that's, that's still all life. That is all life. You're living it and you're not going to be able to get that moment back again. So being present in that, whether it's the the bad or good, right? The light or dark, like this too shall pass. Yeah. It's super powerful. Even during COVID too, it's like, feels boring. It feels like we're on pause and feels also really, really horrible. And yeah, it will pass. It will pass eventually. (laughs) Yeah. Eventually we'll, we'll get out the ass end of this. Um, what's the worst piece of life advice you've ever received oh okay I was actually thinking about this recently this was um, I was just finishing my graduate degree and was really eager to get a job in the field at the time I wanted to be a chief communications officer at a hospital, which now would be like a nightmare like that induces so much anxiety. But at the time, that's what I wanted to do. And this woman who I looked up to as a mentor, um, she's like, oh, what makes you unique? What makes you special? I was really struggling to come up with something. And then I said, well, you know, I've been through an eating disorder and I came out the other end of it. She's like, don't bring that up. Don't tell that to people that is not relevant to your professional life. And now I want to be like, 
I don't want to call her a bitch, but <laughs> I just yeah, yeah, I'll call her a bitch. <laughs> it's like I proved you so so wrong. Um, it feels amazing that that was horrible, horrible advice, and I, I took it really to heart for a long, long time. So I'm glad that it is not relevant. <laughs> Worst she, advice. That's horrible. She can go fuck herself. You know. <laughs> And, she works uh, in healthcare. You should be saying that. Like, awful. Dude, one of, one of these times, right? <laughs> maybe, maybe I shouldn't say this. But one of these oh. times... No, no, it's not that bad. Uh, one of these times, I'm going to stand up and someone's going to give me a microphone and I'll be on, like, I don't know, BBC, whatever, and I'll be like, hey, uh, just so you let you know, if I ever said fuck you, I meant it. Like, because honestly, dude, the amount of fucking stories I hear about this or, oh, people just told me to just like man up or mm-hmm. I, I'm not worthy of the life I want. Right. Mm-hmm. Or no, I shouldn't tell people that, or you shouldn't show people that, or you shouldn't be that you should be this. And I'm just like, how fucking dare you try and mold another human being into something that you want them to be because you're hurting inside. How fucking dare you? Like, I think that is, the most childish thing that you can do, mm. right? That's not an adult right there. That's a child, right? And I'm like, when you want to grow up, we can come back and have a conversation. But right now, I'm not going to take advice from you because I'm an adult. I don't take advice from kids. <laughs> and so much of a reflection of herself too. Like I took it as a personal attack to me, but completely right. Like that, there's so much immaturity in that. And almost part of me pities her it's like well that's really pathetic and sad that you can't talk about those things or mm. that you don't see the strength and things that I see strength in mm. yeah 100 and like you know I'll have a conversation with anybody right and I'll even have a conversation with those people and I want to hear what their perspective is and their opinion mm. but if it is the one percent hopefully it is that low but whatever the one percent that i just like nah i'm super close-minded everybody who's struggling is is like a bitch right and i'm just like you don't get it man like i'll be the guy that will say fuck you like okay i'll be i'll be the uh the dude that will stick his middle finger up yeah no problem whatever (laughs) i'm not quite there yet so i'll let you do that for now maybe one day one day (laughs) (laughs) i'm not it mate you know like we say things how it is you know and like the thing is, like, you know, this we're still respectful. Like, I respect you and we won't get on. It doesn't mean I've lost respect for you. I respect her opinion. I think it's bullshit and I'll tell her to go fuck herself. Right? But I still respect it because you have the right to think like that, right? I'm not telling you it's wrong. I'm saying that you can't treat someone like that. I know that sounds a bit oxymoronic, but I'm like, no, don't push that onto someone else. But if you really want to do that, then fine. But I have the right to express myself and my expression is usually going to come across a little bit aggressive. <laughs> right? I'm like, I'm yeah, so- to each their own. I think that's like the Canadian in me because we got the, the rep for being very polite and yeah, yeah, yeah. maybe perhaps passive aggressive. So <laughs> that can come out a little bit sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I honestly, I say to, I say to people here all the time because they're the same, they're passive aggressive. And I'm like, um, if you ever meet a Northern person with passive aggressive, they'll just meet you with aggression. Like, <laughs> it's just like, no, man, let's, let's stop playing tiddlywinks, right? We're not playing checkers, we're playing chess, right? Don't, you know, don't try and like 
jab someone in the back or whatever, you got a problem, hash it out, shake their hand, right? Buy them a beer and wish them peace and happiness. Like that's it. You know, like you don't, you don't need to hold any malice. You don't need to hold a grudge. You don't need to like tell someone else that they're a bad person or whatever. Like, no, tell them to their face, have it out. Right. And you can hear their side. If you, if you want to, you know, you kind of have it out. Cool. Shake their hand, walk away. There's enough people in the world. You just got to find your people. Mm. And it's done. It's done. It's over. Then we go, then we go forward. But and again, you go back and hard. find that woman. And just <laughs> <laughs> march right out. <laughs> uh, uh, but then there is also times where that shouldn't happen. You know, sometimes <laughs> the best thing is to leave things unsaid. You know, and that's something that I'm coming to terms with. Now I'm out of that environment. So that's me showing my uh, my flaws, right? Being vulnerable and showing my my flaws of the environment I was in is very quick to anger. And that's kind of my nature too. So now, like, I let a lot of things go. Now I mm-hmm. barely do anything. I'm like, cool. Fantastic. Have a great day. Right, see, see you later. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm not, I'm not perfect. Like, there's going to be some times where I'll be like, you know what? Fuck you, man. You know, you, you can't treat someone like that. But most of the time it's like, cool, you know, I'm not okay with that. So I'm going to walk away. So, you know, I'm not saying I'm perfect. and I'm not saying the only way to go about things is to flip someone off. <laughs> Sounds like you're, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm digging myself a hole there. Anyway, <laughs> the, the last question is um, three words you would tell your younger self. Okay. Part of me is I feel like I'm cheating a little bit because I, I heard you you said that actually no I should know this because you said it to basically every single other person but I was yeah. thinking about it this morning um I can't use the same one this too shall pass because that's also more than three words all oh, right yes thank you thank you for that <laughs> <laughs> wait it's three words to your younger self yeah 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 It's a toss up between this one's definitely been used before. Like you are enough. And then I think you are loved because mm. I, I really, really didn't feel that as a kid. Mm. I, I really felt out of place um, because of a lot of it, the body dysmorphia and the, the low self-esteem. Um, I remember even at one point, I thought the idea of like romantic relationships was like, whoa, like imagine someone liking you as much as you like them. (laughs) Like it was just like mind blowing. Like, honestly, it didn't seem realistic to me. So um, yeah, I would probably maybe you, okay. You are loved. Yes. I think I would go with that one. Yes. Mm. You are loved. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's, that's so powerful. Mm. Yeah. I think, I think unconditional love is the, is the strongest thing on the planet full stop yeah yeah unconditional I, yeah yeah definitely i think um if more people understood that you know there'd be a little bit more kindness um and we can we can grow as everyone right rather than just individuals trying to to win a race that ultimately we all get to the same <laughs> ending yeah right? it's like yeah. It's, it's not about the race man it's about us all Here just having fun and helping each other and learning and growing and passing a little bit of wisdom on like we're not 
we don't inherit the world from our parents. We rent it from our kids. Well, I've heard that one before. Yeah. 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 That's the one that, that hit me. So now I'm just like, um, wait, do I still have it here? There's actually a picture of myself as a kid that I keep close to me. <laughs> oh. uh, so it's just me in a crib with this big sort of smile on my face. It's such a peaceful, calming photo to look at. Um, if we treated ourselves with the same kindness that we'd want to be treated with as children. And I think mm. you could just say that to anyone, if you just treated anyone with the same kindness that you treat a child with. Yeah. Mm. That's a beautiful thought. Mm. Thank you for that. Of course. And now I'm just picturing like everyone as little like toddlers running around. <laughs> <laughs> like what the weird place that my mind goes to. <laughs> yeah. No, don't run into the road. It's like I'm yeah, little walking babies on a zebra everywhere. crossing. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Exactly, exactly. Bless. May I appreciate oh. your time so much. Thank you so much. Thank you. I was really looking forward to this and it's been super enlightening. Um, yeah, hopefully all my cliches and weird metaphors clicked with someone or something. <laughs> and it's been a delight chatting with you. No, oh, like I, you know, people appreciate authenticity, you know, and showing, showing the, the, the darker side rather than just the light. And I think that's that's why people relate to you, mate. And and I really appreciate your authenticity. And I, I appreciate how you have done the work for you because I know, one, it lights me up, fires me the goddamn hell up. And two, I know it fires so many um, other people up to continue doing their thing. And I think, you know, just like we said at the beginning, like if you create that space and have that conversation with yourself, that hard conversation, do the hard work, you can have that hard conversation with other people and then we can all benefit together, right? It's a bit weird because you've got to give back to yourself so you can give more to others. And that that's life, man. It's a bit weird. 100%. 100%. Oh, so grateful. And also, Thanks. I'm just going to go burn everything right now. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> don't, don't go blaming me now. Like, I'm going to get a bad reputation. <laughs> uh, Mate, I appreciate it. Like, whenever I'm in the Great White North, I'll, uh, I'll let you know and we'll grab a coffee. Yes. Yes, right, for man. sure. It's going to happen. Sounds good. It will. Mm -hmm. All right, boss. Enjoy your day. All right. Talk to you Thank later. Thank you. Bye, everybody.